It's good just to be together as a body of believers. I want to welcome everybody who's here, but I also want to welcome everybody who is tuning in online. I know that we have a lot of people that tune in both locally and even regionally and even around the country. We have people that tune in from Wisconsin and Florida every single week now. And so our church is beyond these four walls and it's going everywhere. I got to tell you, even if COVID is, has like cramped down on the church a little bit locally, it's done an interesting thing in expanding us bigger than the reach could have ever been. I believe that God is doing something big in our country and, uh, and, and what the enemy meant for evil, God is using for good, including even something as crazy as this COVID virus thing. And so it's really pretty amazing to see what God is up to, see what God is up to. I, I gotta say, if you are new, if it's your first time here, I wanna say welcome. I'm so glad. I, I love to make new friends. I'd love to get to know you. And, and, um, and if you're tuning in online, you can do the same thing. You can actually text guest into our office and, um, and, uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll kind of start a little bit of a conversation and get you kind of plugged in, hopefully, around here and, and get you a little bit more involved. Um, at this same time, though, we're also going to receive tithes and offerings. So if this is your home church, if you're visiting, this isn't for you, but if this is your home church, then um, um, this is how you can easily give and support the ministry. You can do that electronically on our website. You could text in, we'll give you a link right to it. Um, or um, if you want to give through the drop boxes throughout the building, you can do that as well. And so um, let's just pray over the tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much um, for all that you've done for us and how much you've blessed us individually. But God, I just uh, say thank you uh, for uh, continuing to move people to give to the local church. God, as we continue to return the tithes and offerings into the house of God, help it to become, have an exponential impact in every avenue that it goes. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 So, um, um, I got this cool, see, I was born in 1978, and so I got this cool shirt that says 1978, and, uh, and so uh, you're like, what's 1978? The best year ever, and so um, <laughs> it's my birthday this week, so that's why I'm all thinking about that. I know, yes, yes, I know, I'm 42, I feel, I feel like I'm getting older, and, and so um, I know there's people in the room going like, you're a baby, and there's other people going like, you're old, I'm right in the middle, you know, so my kids think I'm old. But, uh, but anyhow, before I get started the message this morning, I got just a, a few just real quick announcements. Um, the, uh, the first one is this, is that it is small group season. Uh, and so right about now, we start to ramp up our small groups. And, and I know what you're thinking. How are you going to do small groups with COVID? It's going to happen. We have small groups with COVID. And, uh, and here's what we've got going is that you can actually sign up. They're um, open. Registration is open right now. Um, getting into a small group is actually more important now in this season than any other season, um, only because it's easy easier to get connected and stay connected and have relationships there um, and have relationships with other like-minded believers who are going to encourage you in your faith. And so all the signups are online this year. They're on the website. They're ready to go. Um, you can click through and find what you want and sign up right on the website. So you don't have to have any, like, con no contact, right? That's the thing, no contact sign up. So you can only have contact with your phone or your computer as you sign up. Um, and there's all kinds of groups. So even if you're tuning in online and you've never even been in the building, because I know there's a lot of people that watch that haven't been here, there are online groups um, that are just online. And so um, we have some in-person, we have some that are hybrid of online and, and in-person, and we have some that are strictly online only. So even if you don't live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, you can join one of our small groups and be encouraged in your faith but in the community that we have. And so um, I just want to encourage everyone that go to our website and sign up for a small group because it's something that, um, that you need and should be a part of. In the Bible, it talks what they met in the temple and went house to house. And then when you, you know, the house to house thing is important. Those small groups are important. You get love, support, care, and encouragement all through small groups. And so I just want to encourage everyone to sign up. Um, 
and then the second announcement I have is that um, we are moving to a single service starting in September. So when we went to church online only and then we went back to live services, we, we did the math and we're like, well, we don't know how many people are going to show back up. And so we thought, well, let's just go right back to two services. We've been running the numbers and it's like, well, we can all fit in one service and still be underneath the percentages of what the governor has said. And so we're actually moving that back to one service for a season. Um, and as restrictions loosen up and as people get more comfortable and as as uh, this, this uh, kind of pandemic thing continues to kind of slowly subside, the church will continue to grow in person again, and, and then we will go back to two services again. But for a short time, hey, we can do it. Why not? Let's all be in one service together. And so um, we're going to do that for a season, and so we're starting that in September. And I don't know how long that season is. Um, I've learned one thing this year. Don't ever pick a date to do anything. Um, it's all going to just continually be a moving target. And then the last one we have, last announcement I have of this is there's a week of prayer coming up. Because what we need right now is more prayer, not less. And so um, the, last, the first week in September, which is August 31st through September 4th, we're going to do a week of prayer. Mark your calendars. We'll have some in-person stuff here in the evenings. Uh, more details will be coming out um, about that. And so stay posted, stay tuned. Get on our email list, get on our Facebook, and, 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 and you'll see all the info coming. You'll see it all on the way in. And so, here we go. You guys know I only tell terrible dad jokes on holidays. And, 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 and now all of you in massive anticipation, you know that obviously today is National Buttered Corn Day. You know, we, so, so now I have a lot of corny jokes. Uh, I know. I'm just right there. So what did the corn say when he got a compliment? Aw, shucks. Why, why shouldn't you tell a secret on a farm? Because the potatoes have eyes, the corn has ears, and the beanstalk. I know. Yeah, I know. It gets, it gets really bad. I got, I got some really bad ones. So, so what do corn cobs call their father? Popcorn. Yes. And here's a dark one. If corn, comes from, if corn oil comes from corn... Where does baby oil come from? Ooh, whoa. <laughs> not babies, just for the record, not babies. So one day, two corn cobs are walking down the street, and, and this car comes tearing around the corner and runs over one of the corn cobs. And the other corn cob grabs that one and goes, oh my gosh, 911, the ambulance has come. They take him to the hospital. They operate. They're working on this corn cob, and, and, and they, they, they like get through, and then the other one's waiting in the lobby, nervously pacing. What's going to happen? The doctor comes out. I've got good news, and I've got bad news. The good news is that all the procedures worked. Um, he's actually in decent shape. He's stable, still critical, but stable. I think he's going to make it. The bad news is he'll be a vegetable the rest of his life. <laughs> so we're in a series called Daniel, a hard right turn. <laughs> Nothing to do with corn. But we're in a series on the book of Daniel. We've been looking at the life of Daniel through the book of Daniel. And we've been moving through these different, these different um, chapters and these different sections of the book. And the general idea of what we've been talking about is how Daniel has this uncanny ability to balance truth and love in the same scale. Because if we, if we have a lot of truth and no love, it can become a problem. If we have a lot of love and no truth, it becomes a problem. Because if you have all truth and no love, yes, you're right, but man, everybody thinks you're a jerk and nobody even listens to you. Because hey, you're the keyboard warrior trying to change everybody's opinion on Facebook, and it doesn't work. I just want you to know it doesn't work. And everybody's like, that guy's a jerk, you know? And you might think that you're right, and you're, I'm bringing truth into the world. And you might be telling the truth, I don't know. But, but if you have no love, then what have you got? And the other way around, 
around is the same thing. If you're all love and no truth, then you're like this really nice guy but, or girl, but, but there's no purpose and there's no like substance to what you are. You're just like a feel-good person. And we like those feel-good people, don't get me wrong, but if we're called to proclaim the truth in love to the world around us, we've got to find that balance. We've got to find that balance. And so the first week, we really talked about that balance of grace and truth. And then in week number two, we, we said, listen, we don't want to be a thermometer just reflecting the temperature of the culture around us, but we want to be a thermostat who then implements change into that culture around us. Because you can sit back and easily read the room and say what you think is happening around you, but do you have what it takes? Can you step into the role that we believe God has called us to, to be thermostats who are changing the temperature, changing the culture around us, having an impact in what's happening? And last week we talked about this, this idea if you've got to stand for something. Sometimes we have a tendency to roll too hard on the love side, some of us, and have a tendency to, to lean on the love side so much. It's like, hey guys, we've got to stand for something. Because if you stand for nothing, you're just a pushover. So we've got to find a way to stand on truth over here. For those of you who are over on this other side, today I want to talk to those of you who tend to lean to the side of more truth. And that, hey, listen, if you don't have love, your truth is pointless. Your truth is pointless. So today, we're going to be talking about how do you love well? How do you love well? And this is important because it's a super common theme to love one another. All through Scripture, love one another. You see it over and over again. But we're living in a culture that has a divide that seems to be growing deeper and deeper every single day. People, I don't know what's amplifying it. You know, is, is, it, is it social media? I don't know. Is it the political climate? I'm not sure. Is it could be actually, I think, a spiritual condition in our country that is amplifying it and we're seeing the fruit of it in these other areas, but this deeper divide that's happening everywhere around us. Everybody's so concerned about being right that they're destroying people in the process. They're destroying people in the process. Famous authors that have done a lot of good in the world, they make one statement of something that they believe in that is contradictory to what somebody else says. Now they want to cancel. They want to burn that author's books and delete everything they've ever done. Why? Because there's one little thing that you don't agree with? Oh man, this cancel culture that we've got going on is just deepening the divide in, in there. Can't we just have disagreements and get along? Absolutely. Can we love people in, in the middle of this? But our culture is saying that the divide has to be there and it's being amplified. And if I can be honest, historically, the church hasn't been that much different. It hasn't been that much different. Our dogmatic, argumentative ways, we might be right We've hurt some people. We won't be right, but, but we've hurt people in the process. And in that, and in that dogmatic way, have, have we as believers said, listen, I know that this is the truth, but have we just pushed people further from Jesus in the name of delivering the truth than drawing people towards Jesus and still with the truth? I think there's a better way. I don't think it has to be all the way over here and you just did the divide. I think that there's a better way. One of the best examples of balancing this is Daniel. I think the perfect example is Jesus. But Daniel had this great representation of doing this. And so we're going to look in, in a few different verses today, but we're going to start in Daniel chapter 6, and we're going to end in 1 Corinthians 13. And in Daniel chapter 6, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. 
It's like a governors, uh, rulers over different areas of the kingdom. And over them, three high officials, whom Daniel was going to be one of them, to whom these satraps should give account so that the king might suffer no loss. So he's, the king is building a network organization, a, a management structure for his kingdom. He's got, the king has his three people, and then his three people oversee. There's 120 divided up. He's got regional managers, and he's got branch managers, and, and he's, got the, he's got the organization set up. Daniel has now been promoted up to one of the top three. Then, then Daniel became distinguished among, above all the other high officials and satraps because of an excellent spirit was with him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So, so here's, here's what you got to know. And, and if you've been with us through this series, you'll know this. But, but see, the Babylonians had conquered Israel and had conquered. He, he, was, he was not a native Babylonian. He was this Jewish guy brought in to be part of their system. And he's worked his way up the ranks. He's an outsider, not the insider. And so he's being promoted and promoted and promoted, and now it's the top three underneath the king. And then in the middle of that, he continues to, to prove because he had an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. This didn't sit well with everybody. They're like, who is this guy? We got to take him down. So the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault was found in him. And, and these men said, we, shall not find, we cannot find any ground or complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Daniel was like, smarter and wiser and he had like a god-given thing that he ended up getting promoted all the way up to the top and they wanted to dig up some dirt on his past and they tried they went to his twitter account went through 12 years of tweets and and they're like there's got to be at least one tweet in here that we can misconstrue you know we can misconstrue to be you know i'm not sure something that is is bad you know and and, and but they couldn't find anything and so they went and looked at his voting record they went and looked at everything can we find something that we can hold against this guy you know and, and say well maybe maybe he made some comment in the past that was maybe racist or insensitive or or controversial or, or and they just couldn't find it they were going to take him out politically, but they just couldn't find anything. And the only thing that they found was that if, is that he was so faithful to his God that if they could create a political con contrast, a, a conflict between the political and his religious, maybe then they could take him out. And so that's what they plotted to do. They plotted to create a law that was in direct conflict to his religion so that he would have to choose, am I going to serve my God or am I going to serve my country? And that's what they created for him. And so, and we'll get into that next week when we start to talk about what happened in the, in the ramifications. The thing that I saw here in this section was this, that Daniel's behavior was above reproach. It was, it was above reproach. There was no fault. They couldn't find anything in him. He had a reputation that was untouchable. If somebody is over here too far in love, you can find a problem because they, they don't have enough truth. If you find somebody over here and too far on truth, you can find a problem because they don't have enough love. But when someone walks that balance of truth and love in such a healthy way, in such a biblical way, you find yourself in a position where you are um, above reproach. 
few weeks ago, I had somebody tell me, hey, Pastor Matt, I, 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 can we get into some of the deeper things of, of, the, of the Word of God? I want to get into some, like, some deep stuff on Sundays. And I was like, yeah, I think, I think we can do that. Today is one of those days. So if you are like, man, I really want the deep things of God day, this is it, the deep things of God day. We're going to talk about a couple of things that, um, that are very difficult. They're hard. Such as love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. Can you let love be your greatest aim? You know, the things in the Bible that are difficult, the deep things of the Bible, aren't those things that are hard to understand. Those those things that you can easily understand, but they're hard to do. Love your enemy. Pray for those. Bless those who persecute you and let love be, let love be your greatest aim. All through Scripture, it talks about loving and loving and loving and the love of Christ and how we should show the love of Christ everywhere that we go. And in this scale of, of truth and love, my challenge to you this week is, is can we love well? Can we love well? In 1 Corinthians 13, it says this, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You see, without love, your noisy gong or cymbal, without love, everything that we say is ineffective. Without love, we can have all the right words, we can have all the right things to say, but without love, it's meaningless. See, it isn't about winning arguments. It's about winning hearts and winning souls. That, that's what it's about. You can be right and repel everyone. But see, Jesus didn't do that. He used love to draw people in, not to use to divine. He didn't use his words to push people out. In today's world, it's like, if I disagree with you, then I must hate you. I must cancel you. I must delete you. I must block you. If, well, if, we, don't, if we don't agree on something, well, well then, then I'm just going to blast you. And, and I'm going to, and then we start deleting all of the outside voices and only listen to the confirmation bias of what we, what we believe, whatever that worldview might be. But I'm telling you that, that Jesus reached out and, 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 and with love brought everyone in. We don't want to be believers who are dividing people and, and pushing people apart. We want to be modeling where we're using love to draw people in. In Ephesians 4, it says, speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Can we have that balance of truth and of love? Everything out of coming out of your mouth is either building people up or tearing people down. Everything that you're saying, are you, are you building people up or are you tearing people down? It says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. What are we, what are we speaking into this world? What are we speaking into existence? You, you, you know, there's a, there's a common world philosophy that right now, or a popular one right now, it's like, oh, you can just like speak it into existence. That is a biblical principle and, and that the power of life and death is in the tongue. What are we doing with that? Are we, are we building people up or are we tearing them down? Verse 2, and that says, If I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. Hmm. 
which means this, without love, all that I know is insignificant. And without love, all that I believe is insufficient. We can know it and believe it, but if we don't have love, then it's nothing. In this age of information, we have more knowledge at our fingertips than ever before. If knowledge was the answer, why does it feel like things are getting worse? Because we all have this in our hand. I don't know, how do I do that? Clickety, click, 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 now I know. We all have that. Knowledge isn't the answer, it's, it's the love of Christ that is the answer. Belief is not enough. You see, belief without behavior is nothing. It's so verse number three. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Without love, everything that I give is incomplete. Everything that I, that I try to do, if I don't, I'm not doing it with, with love, if I'm doing it for selfish gain and ambition, are we, are we trying to do things to help other people, but we're doing it in a way that we're trying to point all the glory back to us? Without love, all I accomplish is inadequate. You see, here it is, it's your entire life. Everything that you could possibly do minus love equals zero. Your entire life minus love. If you don't have love in it, it equals nothing. And so there's three ways. I, I, I broke it down, hopefully three simple steps, three simple ways that you can show love in a healthy and balanced way. And, and, and it's, it's not easy, but, but let's look at it. Number one is to serve the people around you. You can look at the world as a whole and the culture as a whole and say, there's just nothing I could ever do to influence everything. But you can influence your world. You can change what's around you. So serve the people that are around you. Can you find a need in the people that you know and meet it? 1 Corinthians 9, he said, Paul says, I make myself a slave to everyone. What I've noticed is this, is that if, if we connect with people before we try to correct people, it goes a whole lot better. Jesus connected before he corrected. Just like when Jesus met with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was up in the tree. He was a tax collector. He was kind of like the scum of the earth at the time. People didn't like him. He made a lot of money, but he made it in a very crooked way. And Jesus comes down the road and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree and, and he walks up and, and he's got a crowd of people around him and he addresses Zacchaeus in the tree who is a, he was a, a wee little man and he's a short guy. And uh, as, as, as everything says, he's a short guy. He had to climb in the tree to see over people to be able to see where Jesus is. And Jesus is walking down the road and this guy apparently is famous enough that he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm having lunch at your house today. He knew his name. He had a reputation. And Zacchaeus, I'm having lunch at your house today. And all of the other like, religious people were like, oh, you would eat lunch at his house? Oh my gosh, scandalous. I'm going to tweet about it. It's just like, delete you and block you on Insta. Yeah, it's like, no. So, so, so he says, I'm going to eat lunch at his house. And we don't know what happened in that day. Here's what we do know is that Jesus saw somebody who he knew was wrong. And he knew that he could have called out truth and corrected him, but he didn't. He connected with them. And he says, you're coming to my house today. And, or I'm going to your house today. And he goes to Zacchaeus' house and they have lunch. 
And the byproduct is this, is that Zacchaeus leaves the house and starts generously giving above and beyond to anybody he had stolen from. Connection before correction. How many people are in your world or in your circle that you can connect with, that you can love on, that you can serve, that you can give to without any strings attached? And maybe God will lead you in a path to to being able to deliver truth to that person. You don't know. Maybe not. Maybe have them over to your house for dinner. Well, okay, maybe not now, COVID, blah, blah, blah. But what, what can you do? Right? You can do an outdoor dining patio, right? Is that the thing? So, but like, you know what I mean? Like, what is it that we can do? Where do you connect? How do you connect with people before you correct them? Number two, set an example for the people around you. Set an example for the people around you. Jeez, pastor, that might be a problem. Um, yeah, like if people are going to look at me and say, well, that's what Christianity is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, uh, uh, can I be honest, guys? There's a reason I don't have one of those little fish magnets on my car. There's a reason. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I'm not trying to cut people off and drive like an animal, you know? But, but, but so I do. Like, I don't want to, but, like, I changed lanes. I just did, legit didn't see them there. And I'm like, oh, gosh, sorry, I'm waving, and, and they're waving. And, and, and it's, like, it's like, hey, hey, you know? And it's like, all right. You know, but, but it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't wear a, put a fish thing. You know why? Because I'm like, I'm going to cut them off on accident. And they're going to be like, oh, every Christian cuts me off. You know, all oh, those fish stickers and, and on their car, you know? And, and, and so, like, I, so I'm like, I don't, how do you do this? How do you set an example for people around you when you and I, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we're not perfect. We know that we're not perfect. Church, can I tell you that that is something that the enemy wants to use to keep you from getting out and stepping out in your faith? You are not perfect. They are not perfect. And that itself is the testimony. That is the testimony. It's like, I am not where I should be, but I'm not where I used to be. If you could see how far God has taken me in life, the the, the pit that I was in when God found me and started to drag me out. And you think I should be there? Well, shoot, I think I should be there too. And I'm on my way there. Will you join me in the process? Because I know what God has done. He's a good God and he has taken me so far and I know that he will take you so far too. Church, we, we want to disqualify ourselves because of our own imperfections, but I'm telling you it's your imperfections that will take you places. It's your imperfections and your weaknesses that will help those around you get into a relationship with God. Because if all you ever saw was perfect people who were going to church and perfect people who were following Christ, the other person would be like, I can't be perfect, so I can't ever do that. We disqualify ourselves, but I want to tell you that your flaws and your imperfections are part of your story and part of your journey. Use those to help other people get on the same path and the same journey that you're on. Set an example for people around you. In Matthew chapter 5, it says that you are the salt of the earth. Y'all, we make things taste better. Like we're the salt of the earth. And he goes on to say, what if the salt loses its saltiness and it's kind of worthless, right? 
Guys, we need to be the salt and we need to help make things taste better. We should be the, the, the voice in life that is, that is help bringing both tastiness and bringing light. And that same passage that says, you are the light of the world. So guys, we make things taste better, but we also, we also brighten the world around us. You've got to let your light shine. You've got to be able to be in a place where you're like, I know that my confidence isn't from my performance. My confidence isn't who God is and how much he has been in us and helping us. You see, I think the greatest influence we can have on our world is how we live our lives. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to have flaws. And when those people outside call you out on your flaws, you can say, yeah, I ain't perfect yet. Man, you should have seen how far God has taken me. Will you join me? Because he can take you a long way too. My last point is this, if the pianist would come. Number three is this, is share Christ with the people around you. So we serve the people around you, set an example for the people around you, and share Christ with the people around you. So how do you do that? Well, you show them love. You show them love. You got to do it with gentleness and respect. And we've got to be people who know how to love well. I want to challenge you that how you act is more important than what you say. For those of you who lean towards the truth camp, your, your scale tips a little this way. This is the challenge. Can, can you move over here and let your love and your actions speak more than the words that you've been saying? For those of you that are on this side of the scale, last week's message was, how do you speak more truth? But, but, but today, I, I want to challenge you for those that are stuck on this side, you tip just a little this way. Can you, can you slide over and start to really work on loving well? Here's what I know. This isn't easy. And I know that if you try really, really hard to act better, I'm gonna try really hard. I'm gonna double down on serving well. I'm gonna double down on being an exam. Yeah, I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna. You're not gonna get very far. You're not. You're just, you're gonna try really, really hard and you're not gonna get far. You see, we love because Christ first loved us. And if we try to manufacture this and give it out, it's not going to work. So you cannot give away what you do not already have. And so when you are moving from truth to love and when you are trying to even out the scale back this direction, what you have to do is you have to spend time in the presence of God. You have to spend time just soaking in his presence and receiving and as for Americans, that's weird and difficult and awkward and it's kind of spiritual. Yeah, it is. It's kind of spiritual. And you got to spend time. What is it that helps you connect with God the most? And start doing more of that. For some of us, it's reading the word and, and like you can just almost feel the tangible presence of God when you're reading the word. Like that's, that's what really just fills you up. For others, it's, it's worship and singing worship songs. And, and, and so start playing that in your car and singing along. Everybody thinks you're on a Bluetooth phone call. They don't judge you. They don't know. 
What is it? Maybe for you, it's hiking in the woods. And, and, and when you're out in nature, you can feel one with God and, and your soul and your spirit open up and, and you have a, a, a dialogue with God in prayer. And maybe that's in your, in your own, maybe that's in a quiet room, maybe that's in a, in a group prayer setting, maybe that's something out in the woods. What is it that fills your spirit and activates that and do more of that? Because when you start to fill yourself up with the love of God that overflows so that you can now start to love well on others. You can only give away what you have. And so church, I just want to encourage you, pursue filling your spirit with the love of God. You see, God demonstrated his love by sending Jesus to die on a cross for everything that you did. It says that while we were still sinners, he did that. While we were still imperfect, he did that. Can can we love like Christ? Can we love with no strings attached, even those people in our life who don't deserve it? Loving our enemy, blessing those who curse you. The deep things of the word of God are things that are easy to understand and hard to do. We just bow your heads and let's pray. In fact, if you feel comfortable, will you just even lift your hands in, in, a, in an emotion of like a receiving? Heavenly Father, God, I just pray right now over everyone that's in this building and anyone who's even watching online. God, I just ask that, that right now, in this very moment, God, that your spirit would just start to fill people up. God, right in the middle of right now, that it wouldn't be anything manufactured. It would just be something you're saying, God, I just want to receive. I want to receive from you. And so God, I'm asking as we cry out and as we open ourselves up for you, God, I ask that you'd be faithful to fill us up. God, fill us with your love so that we might be people who can be dispensers of your love. Give us what we need to be able to give away to others. God, I don't want to manufacture it. I just want to give what you've already given. God, let us be conduits for your love everywhere that we go. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, you might be here this morning, whether you're in person or online, and maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Today would be a great day to make that decision. It's, this is as simple as ABC. Keep it easy, right? A is that you just admit it. Yeah, I do. I need a savior. I need, I, I need a savior. B is that you believe that Jesus is the son of God, and that he died on the cross for your sins. And then C is that you confess him as the Lord of your life. You admit that you need him, you believe in him, and you confess him as the Lord of your life. You could pray a simple prayer, something as simple as, God, I just admit that I'm far from you. I believe that you're the son of God, and I confess you as the Lord of my life. Help me to walk in your ways and help me for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. You can pray a prayer that simple, but I want to help you. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to just give you some encouragement and, and send you some messages and maybe some resources to kind of help you along the way. If you text in Decided into our office number, um, we can kind of start that conversation. Today isn't a, a, start, a finish point for you. It's a starting point. It's choosing a new direction. And I want to help you and give you some, some stuff to help you on your way. All right, church, I just want to say it's been, it's been good. I'm excited that we're going to go back to one service for a season. You know, um, those of us that haven't seen each other maybe in a while because of the different services, maybe we'll see each other. You know, um, we still have the lobby closed. Um, we still have kids ministry closed. Um, we will be opening those up as we're able to. Um, but today, you know, just our, our service is over today. Um, but please help us out. Please continue to be wearing masks and take social distancing precautions. There's plenty of fresh air outside and, and it's a beautiful morning. God bless you guys and have a wonderful, wonderful week.
got this whole thing under control. What up, what up? How you doing? Good. Yeah, it's good to, good to see Norman Josie here today. Shoot me down, down, down. 